Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome back after a while to Heroes 101 Radio, your one-stop shop for a little positivity and optimism, and particularly this week, hopefully. Um, I am Spectre, the guy who's normally from the New York Initiative, um, or always from the New York Initiative, I guess, but uh, we told a little white lie. We, we said in the uh, brief for this show that I was going to be home, and I'm still not home. I mean, I'm actually in Seattle, so I'm, I'm also on the West Coast. But as always, I am joined by the lovely rock and roll and Nightbug from San Francisco. Good evening. Good evening, my dear. Hello, hello. Good evening. So we're all West Coast. It's 7 p.m. for all of us. I'm not burning the midnight oil as usual tonight. That's good because, you know what, we haven't been back on the show in so long, and it's it's nice to have you awake and, you know... <laughs> Alert! Not that you're not in any of the other shows, but it's it's great to have you here on the same coast that we are. You know, I, I went to uh, I was gonna man. You know, last the last show you accused me of first world problems because I was bitching about. Uh, and actually, it sounds so douchey in hindsight, thinking of the uh, the current news and and weather more than anything else. But you accused me of first world problems because I was bitching about the fact that I bought a cheap above ground swimming pool for my backyard and I couldn't use it because the weather in New York sucked so much. Little did I know that the weather was really going to suck for people a hell of a lot worse than me, and my my disuse of a pool is not the uh, the worst problem in the world. Um, but I was going to say another first world problem tonight was I went to a cocktail party before this show, and thinking I was going to come in slightly slightly wasted and buzzed, but um, the cocktail party was the most boring event I've ever been to in my life. So I'm sober as a judge, which is probably another unusual thing for this show. Ah. Uh- Right. You know what it would have been funny, though, if you had come in slightly buzzed and, and slightly, you know, I, I think we have to do that on purpose sometime just to see what it's like, you know, to have a, it'd be hard because I, I don't, I don't really drink anymore. And besides that, honestly, you do not want to see me drunk. Um, but just to hear you slightly buzz, uh, you know, and, and trying to conduct this business we have here that I think that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Maybe, and maybe you know, we're going to talk tonight about uh, how to cope with um, bad news on the news. Um, I'm not not suggesting that alcoholism is the uh, solution to that, but uh, maybe hearing me drunk is the solution to that. I don't know. But uh, so anyway, it's been a while since we were on the uh, on the air together. Um, how's everything been going for you guys in California? Um, <clears throat> when we're not wearing uh, masks. <laughs> which which is uh, when we're inside um, because our state is on fire. Seriously, there are like there are 15 fires burning uh, just an hour north of us, and so our our sunsets are are red, our sunrises are orange, and um, and I don't mean just a pretty little orange. I'm talking about you can't see the hills. Uh, and, and air quality, we keep getting these Nixle. Nixle is a war- warning system that gets sent straight to your 
cell phone, for those of you who don't have it, you should get it. Uh, we get warnings every day that the air quality is in the red. And as you can guess, red is extremely unhealthy. And everyone's advised to wear masks of the N95 type. So, yeah, with the with the extreme filters on them. So, other than that, uh, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Other than our air quality sucking outside. How are you doing? Man, that that's crazy. You know, I've seen the footage. It, it's been just weird. And, you know, I know we're going to get on to the main topic in a minute, but I can understand how people people get this whole end of days vibe when, you know, California's burning, you know, Puerto Rico and Florida are just crushed in storms. And then in the UK, they get, you know, day turning to night in the middle of the daytime um, with sand blowing in from the Sahara and just obscuring the sun. I mean, what the hell? Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm no expert on global warming or weather systems, but something's broken there. Yeah, I, I put up a, a status and said, what the hell is going on? And someone answered it pretty succinctly. Global fucking warming was what they put. <laughs> and I said, you know, that's an impact. I, I believe it was impact. But, yeah, it's you know, we can try to deny this all we want. We don't want to get political on you, but uh, um, you can try to deny it all you want. But when a, you know, when a, another hurricane category five, you know, is landing at your front door, can't deny much of it then. Or like you said, sandstorms in, in Dublin. What what the hell? You know, so I, I think <laughs> right. uh, that's, that's what we're seeing right now. Right. Um, but, any, yeah, how are things going with me? Um, interesting. You know, I guess one of the reasons I've been away from the show for, for a little while is I've been trying to, trying to make some fairly major life changes, and, and those have involved a change of career, a complete change of job, um, and, and the whole goal being to create more of a work-life balance. And, you know, it was and and I, I think, again, we'll kind of come back to these sort of topics as to how you cope with stress. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was getting to a point in my own life where um, my family was being impacted by my job. And it, and it becomes like a slippery slope where you're just, you know, doing too many hours and you're too stressed out and you're not sleeping. And you don't realize it until it, it's way too close, way too close to being a real problem. Um and the people that you're working for, you know, your family, the whole reason you go and go to work are being compromised by the job that you're doing. And it just, the whole thing doesn't add up. So so for me, I, you know, I went through a lot of that over the last few months, um, walked away from a pretty decent position in a pretty decent company and decided to go and try something new. Um, but I've got, I got to say, all, all this talk about work-life balance and spending time with family I've been traveling nonstop. I've traveled like three weeks in the last month and not been home. So it hasn't quite played out yet. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping in the long term I'm going to be around a lot more and just happier in myself because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm not managing people all over the globe and not sleeping and all the crap I used to do. So um, that's, you know, that's been good for me and I hope it's going to be good in the long run for me. Um, but it just also makes room for other stuff. You know, I've uh, joined a new band. We finally got a complete lineup uh, last week. So we are now looking at recording and playing shows and things. So I'm going to spam and bore people with all that when uh, the time's right. Um, new tattoo. I've just had my session number four on a new sleeve that I'm having done, covered in wolves and things, which I just love. I, yeah. um, 
and and then the other the other minor thing, the New York Initiative, that's been uh, kind of ticking over. But I, I, there was a lot I wanted to do with it. That I just didn't have the opportunity previously. Um, so you know, I, I really want to get teams going again. I really want to get you know more more patrols, more more stuff going in more areas because um, the homeless problem is worse than it's ever been in New York. It, it just needs help. Um, and and somebody was saying to me the other day, you know, we did our, our project Hope in New York and we. We helped a lot of people. We we gave out a lot of burritos and and you know really that day was great. But that was one day. Um, whereas the weekly homeless patrols that we were doing previously were fairly widespread. And not only were we reaching people regularly, but we were building relationships with those people, which I think is half of what's missing. Um, so I, I really want to get back to that. You know, restart and and start um, start doing some bigger events in Harlem and. Uh, building up teams so that we can go into those areas that are not quite as safe um, just by the fact that we have more numbers and more manpower to do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited as to where this whole thing's going now that I've actually got some time to, to focus on it. Fantastic. And you know we're going to have to have a show that uh, features some music, some homegrown uh, music from your band and some real-life superhero <laughs> bands out there. Give, seriously, let's give them a chance to showcase their, their other, you know, talents, which, uh, you oh, know, man. Well, we'll have a whole you know, musical talking about dedication. That, though, I mean, I, I would say, <clears throat> you being the godmother of the real-life superhero movement, um, you have <laughs> basically the RLSH theme song that you recorded recently, and, I, and it was <laughs> awesome as well, by the way. <laughs> really well, awesome. thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, you know what? I, I really do appreciate that. Um, it's um, I'm proud of it. And if you guys go to our um, Initiative Collective YouTube page and look for the song Hero, that's Initiative Collective, um, look for the song Hero, that's, that's the video that goes with that. And it features some uh, of the real-life superheroes that we met along our travels um, just uh, this past May when we went across um, the country and back, interviewing real life superheroes for the upcoming um, web series. It's always upcoming. That's it. It's going to be here. That's it. I, we have a new date, and, and that's that. Uh, but more about that later. Um, Spectre, who are we? Uh, people who are just tuned in, what, what are we? <laughs> who the hell are we? Yeah, who the hell are we? Who are we? So we are a group called the Initiative Collective. You know, man, it's been so long. I nearly called us the Hero Initiative, and it's been a while since we were those guys. Um, we, we are you the know what? Initiative <laughs> Collective. Um, and we are essentially a, a, a global group now, and we can talk about branches in a minute, but uh, with branches all over the world who try to do something good or hopefully numerous things good to better their communities, whether that's homeless outreach, free self-defense classes, um, <clears throat> use needle pickup, public safety patrols, whatever it is, park cleanup, anything. Um, we've been loosely termed and, and are loosely part of the what, what's called the real-life superhero community, which is it people who dress up in capes and, and run around trying to fight crime. Um, not often. <laughs> I was going to say no, but I'd say not often. Um, most of the time, the real-life superhero community are people who, yeah, sure, may have a, 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 a superhero name. They may have a costume. Um, but essentially, all they're doing, the same as any other outreach or volunteer worker, is going out trying to make the world a better place. Um, and, you know, whether you agree with costumes or names is kind of irrelevant if people are doing it for the right reasons. Um, so, right. you know, we put together this radio show, Heroes 101, and the idea, and more more relevant to today's show than anything else, was 
that the news often portrays the horrible things that happen in the world, um, whereas, you know, we would like to talk about some of the, the good things that happen, you know, the unsung <coughs> heroes and work that people are doing in the background to, to make the world a better place. So that, that's really our goal here. And, you know, and speaking of all that bad news, uh, you know, if you've tuned in tonight or, you know, you're listening to this archive and you thought to yourself, you know what, I really need to listen to that episode. We've got, you know, there's just been one bad news story after another. Um, and, and when I say bad, that's that's an understatement. I mean, these things are horrific, um, you know, and and just when you think you've had time to decompress and, and start to feeling normal again, Something else hits you, um, Specter. If you don't mind, I'd like to I'd like to read a little timeline of what we've been going through. Not that people don't you know remember, but just to emphasize just how much of a barrage we've been hit with later. I mean, cool. uh, recently. It. So we started. Uh, I mean, sure, things have happened way before this, but what Hurricane Irma, September sixth. And we were all blown away by, a, no, 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 let's try again. Hurricane, even before that, Hurricane Harvey, August 25th, slammed into Texas. And we all know what happened there. I mean, and we were all blown away with, with the category that it reached. I mean, these are, you know, the hurricanes hit land and they're, they're category threes or maybe fours and we're all freaked out. These were cat fives. Um, that was the 25th of August. September 6th, Yeah, and, and uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh-huh. um, oh, we, we had our last show talking to Ash, who was there in the middle of it, talking about the floodwaters right. and That's right. some our of the crazy crap that was going on there. So, yeah, if you want to hear first-hand right. Right accounts of what happened during that hurricane, yeah, check out the last exactly. show. Exactly, and that was creepy as hell, right? And then Hurricane Irma hit September 6th. So what was that? Maybe, you know, just a, a week and a half later, Hurricane Jose, September 8th and 9th. Uh, wait, no, September 8th, the 9th of September, earthquake in Mexico, the strongest in a century in Mexico. September 28th was Hurricane Maria. And we all know that, you know, how uh, Puerto Rico is still trying to recover from that. Um, and then October 1st, the Las Vegas shooting. So if you look at that, that that's just... All of that took place in a little over a month. All of that. And now we've got the fires up and here now, in Northern California. And now, for us, you know, on the in northern, you know, North America, we've got these fires um, that have I, they're breaking all the records, you know, um, and they're they're taking more land than any fires in history in California. So, and they're burning. And like we said earlier, we're all outside, most of us um, wearing masks. So. Where do you get the chance to feel normal again? Where do you get the the space to? How do you feel like you're you've got any sense of security or any sense of safety? Or you know, after all that, that's what this show's about. So we're glad you tuned in. Yeah, and I, and you know what? I think there's a certain part as well of it being okay not to be able to process this stuff. I mean, the, the Vegas shooting, I think so many people are in shock after that. You know, there, there, are, there are natural disasters that just awe and blow you away just by the sheer scale of them. And then there are human disasters that just blow you away 
just by the just the sheer depravity of what happened and the inability to be able to empathize at all with someone who would carry out an act like that. And I, I think it's okay not to be able to get your head around it and process it, to be able to just just to be rocked by that stuff for, for quite some time. Um but you know, hopefully tonight we're gonna to talk about ways to turn the corner and, and some things that you might be able to do to uh to put that behind you and, and focus on bigger and better things. Exactly. Now, like you said, and that's an important thing to to point out because even though it's it's you know, it's, traumatic stress is is a normal reaction to a traumatic event whether it happened to you or not. And like you said, because a lot of us woke up on Monday of last week and felt like we were gut punched. Um, you know, it, it just just reeling again at uh now it's the largest shooting. Um in America, right? So, yay, love the way we're breaking records. Um, not really. Uh, and, and we're, the problem is, of course, that we're being regularly bombarded by disturbing, you know, news and images, images from, you know, from around the world. And these are, we know that, that these are innocent people. It's not like there's an actual war going on. And so we, we, we expect lives to be lost. This is, people who were who were living their life and then a hurricane landed on them, people who were going to an outdoor concert and then just got taken out by a crazy person. Um, so, like I said, your sense of security, um, everything leaves you feeling vulnerable and helpless. Um, and it's okay, like you said, to feel, you know, just whatever you're feeling. We want to emphasize that tonight. There's no wrong way to feel there's no wrong way to respond and one of the things that we need to remember when we're on social media is that we shouldn't tell ourselves or anyone else for that matter how you should be thinking feeling or what you should be doing everybody processes these horrific events in their own way um and like you said when you can't wrap your head around it don't ignore that you know don't ignore any of your feelings. That's the first thing we want to tell you in the road to recovery. Don't ignore them. Don't push them aside. I know it's, it feels like a humongous burden when you wake up and hear this stuff. And when you, you know, you, you just want to sit and you can't do anything because suddenly you're numb. And we're all becoming numb because this happens so frequently now. Um, that's okay. You know, just allow the feelings to happen. This sounds real hippie, but it's the absolute truth. If you want to punch something, as long as it's not another human being, we don't advocate that here. Um, go ahead and punch something. If you want to scream and rage out, um, do it. If you want to just cry for an entire day and a half, do that too. Because as long as you're allowed to process that out, it'll leave you. It'll leave you faster. You keep it in and, you know what, and um... it'll come in. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say um, one thing I said up front, I forgot to say up front, um, is that if you if you want to scream at us, if you want to punch me and say that, God <laughs> damn, God damn Brit complaining <laughs> about just travel, um, if, you, if you want to do any of that, you can call in and talk to us, scream at us, try to punch us over the phone um, on area code 347-326-9827. That's 347- Three two six nine eight two seven, or if you're on the Blog Talk Radio site and you're listening to this live, then you can go into our chat room um, and throw abuse or feedback or comments at us there as well. So, so 
sorry. I didn't oh, mean to derail gosh. you, but I wanted to give the people the chance to have their say. No, absolutely. I love that. Thank you. That's a nice segue, too. So if you want to yell, yell at us. And here's the number. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're my co-host. Um, I think that uh, the thing that, that, that we don't understand is that when we hold that stuff down, here's what happens, guys. It overwhelms your nervous system, and it makes it harder for you to think clearly. So if you're not thinking clearly, you can't act clearly. Keep that in mind. So um, that's, you know, and, and, and remember that this stuff doesn't just come at once and then you're done with it. It comes in waves. It comes in waves. Things can, I overuse this, this overused word already, trigger, you know, um, responses. And it'll, just when you think you're over, it'll come again. So, so what do you do about it? Well, well um, you, you know what as well? I think um, part of the problem is, I mean, there are definitely horrific things that happen. And you, you've outlined some natural disasters, some man-made problems. Um, but I, I think you also need to look at where are we hearing this stuff and, and you know, why, what, what is the media incentivized to publicize? And as much as, you know, this stuff, this stuff really does happen and we, we've got to be worried about it and we've got to feel bad about it, um, you know, the media is never going to tell you that crime rates have reduced. They're never going to tell you that the world is safer than it's ever been or that, you know, that there are medical breakthroughs and lives are being saved. They're going to tell you about, about shootings. They're going to tell you about bombings. They're going to find the worst photos they can find of, you know, dismembered bodies and they're going to cram them in your face. And, and that's, that's their business. You know, they're, they're part of a, a dying medium that's trying to claw its way back into the public eye. Um, but, you know, one thing I would say is be aware that, that that's the reason the news is there. And, and, you know, treat it for what it is. It's an opinion and it's, you know, a viewpoint. Um, but also do your own research on it. You know, there are less biased news sources. There are, um, you know, your own ways that you can find out the facts behind things. Um, and, and often by doing that research, even if it confirms that what happened happened and you're, you're reading the facts, going through that process of doing your own research about it can sometimes be its own type of therapy. Or you may find that things have been exaggerated and, and they may not be as bad as they are. Or that there are, there are there's good news out there that balances out some of what you're seeing as well. So I guess, you know, it, it's so easy um, in the days of social media as well to not only see online news sources as being gospel and, and treating them as such, um, but also the kind of mass hysteria that comes from things like Facebook and Twitter of just lots of people crying out about the same thing. It's so easy to get swept up in that. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I think being able to just step back and, and do your own objective research individually is, is worth a hell of a lot. Yep. That's a great point. And, and that leads me into another point. When, when you hear something horrible, um, when you when you experience something catastrophic like that, the, what's the first thing that people want to do? They want to find other people um, to share this with. To uh, they don't want to feel alone in this. They reach out, and you know, we're all so used to reaching out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. In other words, we're also used to reaching out on, online. Because we've, you know, we've made it so easy to stay home and do this now. Back in the day, and yes, just you know, 10 years ago, you couldn't do that. When something happened, you weren't bombarded with it unless you were constantly watching the news. So um, 
you know, you if you wanted to talk to people, you actually went out and talked to people, and you had that human element, the connection. Um, with Facebook, we all want to gather together, and most of us feel like we can gather easily through Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and, and be surrounded by like-minded people who are suffering with us. The problem with that is that, you know, number one, you are going to be overwhelmed because you're going to see the same thing, the same type of, of horrific response, the same type. You know, you're, you're, you're going to hear um, maybe what you want to hear every 10 or 20 posts, but until that, you're going to see a lot of horror being shared. And, um, you know, if, if that's okay with you, remember, that's a lot coming at you at once of everybody saying the same thing, a lot of these awful images. Number two you're really not getting the human connection by being with people in Facebook. You're, when I mean the human connection, I mean that I believe there should be social groups out there that are um, predetermined in your neighborhood where when something horrific happens, you can go down the row of people who may be available to have you over that evening for, say, tea, a hug, a place to chat, you know, maybe some sugar because it's a comfort food, and, and just to get together. So there really is a human element. And number three, the third reason why it's really sometimes counterbalancing uh, to uh, whatever's good for you to be on, on Facebook, social media, is because you're in front of a computer. And whether you believe it or not, those EMPs, electromagnetic poles, those aren't good for you. So the longer you stay in front of there, the worse it is for you. So um, just remember that when there's something horrific, you should think about really limiting your media exposure to the traumatic event. You should unplug for a little bit, go outside into nature for a little while. Get the info that you need to get, like Spectre mentioned, do it the right way, find you know credible sources, and then unplug. And, you know, and as, as well with um, with Facebook, um, and I don't mm -hmm. mean to keep ragging on Facebook, but South Park <laughs> did the best job of that ever on the last episode with Mark Zuckerberg and his Stoyle. If you, if you haven't seen it, check it out. But uh, without mm -hmm. without ragging on, on Mark Zuckerberg, um, the other problem I think with Facebook is that people feel that they have their own soapbox in Facebook. You hear people so many times saying, it's my wall, I'll say what I want to say. And everyone seems to want a voice a very long, complex opinion. Um, nobody really seems to be willing to actually listen to each other. And, and that, you know, the, it, it, as you said, it's not a human conversation. It's somebody standing up on their soapbox and yelling in some way that, you know, that, that they know better than everyone else what should have been, you know, what should have happened and what the government should have done and what Trump should have said. And, but nobody's really listening to each other or actually providing an ear to each other, or very few are on that forum. And um, like you said, Nothing takes the place of sitting down, you know, opposite somebody, having a cup of tea, having a beer, whatever it is, having a joint. I don't know, whatever, whatever's your right. reason. Um, whatever but, but with another human you. being, eye to eye. Exactly, and and that's why I, and I understand a lot of us have made have gotten lazy. Hate to say it, I love Facebook, but I know how lazy I am. Instead of going face to face to you know whatever to deliver messages to hang out with people i do it via facebook and that is 
it's just becoming, there's a void that I feel, you know, and this is me projecting how, you know, I've been using Facebook. Um, I just feel like this void is, is just growing and growing between me and humans that I really should spend more time with. So, you know, uh, I spent this weekend, this past weekend with um, my sister, um, my best friend, and my sister's best friend. So the four of us took off for the weekend to spend time on the coast, you know, away from the fires. Specter, I... I don't think, I think I was on Facebook one time and it was late in the visit, you know, and I realized I don't, when I'm doing something wonderful, I told myself, I'm just going to do this and enjoy it. And, and I had no need to post about it. Um, you know, you do so, that for food also. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I post pictures of food. The camera um, eats first. Anyway. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, the whole limiting your, your media exposure, you know, um, and trying to avoid distressing images and video clips is so important. You guys, whether you want to believe it or not, some of that stuff just burns in your head and it can take years for it to go away. So be very careful about that. Um, re- if you can, yeah. guess what? There's the new- Remember the newspaper? Because, you know, you can find a good newspaper that you trust and read the paper instead. Um you know, and uh, if the coverage, if it's going over and over and over again on TV, if it's if it's overwhelming you, just avoid it. Avoid that, you know, and take some time to process what you're already feeling. Um, so that yeah. leads I us know, to I, I remember um, on, on that point, mm-hmm. I remember, and, and I'm sure there are a few people listening of a similar age to me, um, who remember the, the advent of the Internet. And when the Internet first came out, it was so polarizing because suddenly and especially when when Google and Yahoo and Alta Vista and Ask Jeeves and all these search engines appeared on the <laughs> planet, suddenly it was you can see whatever you want. Like there's no filter on what you can see. You can see naked people instead of having to buy or steal a magazine from a news agent or whatever. You know, you can you know, you can and you can see naked people doing things that you never imagined you'd see in a magazine. Exactly. Um but exactly. I can also remember the the advent of the faces of death. And I, I had a friend who was obsessed with faces of death. You know, suddenly you could oh. see dead people dismembered. And I was horrified. And, and again, it was completely polarizing. Some people were just fascinated that you could now see the stuff that you couldn't before. And some people were like, oh, my God, I, I'll never see that. And I, I was definitely in the latter camp. And, and I still feel that I am. And but the stuff that was so polarizing back then that you could see on the internet is now part of mainstream media. You can go to the CNN or Fox News website and see dismembered bodies from Vegas. And it, it's as horrifying to me as Faces of Death was in the mid-1990s. Um, and oh, you yeah. can never unsee Absolutely. that. It, it really is traumatic. You know, people get PTSD from seeing that kind of stuff in the real world. So why is it and okay they don't to be realize. on news sites? Right, they don't realize because if faces of death was the big thing back then. It was, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't see it. Uh, I couldn't watch that. But you're right, people don't realize that they've gotten PTSD from these dismembered bodies and and other things that they can see, you know, online. And then, like I said, then then these uncomfortable feelings and waves of of what is this happening? You don't realize. Yeah, you just kind of traumatize yourself. So. Um, like I said, that was another tip for us is to accept your feelings and, and um, realize that uh, this trauma is, is just, you know, you've got to give yourself time to heal. You can't force it. And and you've got to be prepared that you're going to have these uncomfortable, volatile emotions sometimes. 
So just understand that there's nothing wrong with it. Um, we've got Crusader Prime in the chat room. Um, hey, Crusader Prime. And and he, he was saying, I, I agree about Facebook making things less personal, but it does help make contacts across the country, which is helpful for what we do. Crusader Prime is a real-life superhero that leads the group Patch um, out in um, Chicago, and uh, we had the pleasure and honor of, of going out on patrol with them um, this past uh, spring. And, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. If it weren't for Facebook, we wouldn't know you guys, and we wouldn't have been able to hook up that way. So it does have its uses. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I completely um, agree. I mean, I think Facebook is a really valuable tool. You know, I, as you might be able to tell, I'm not from the United States originally, and my family lives 3,000 miles away, and Facebook is one of the only ways that my relatives get to see my kids grow up, sadly. You know, I, I, I can't be 3,000 miles away every time I want to, so that's how I do it. Um, I, I think the problem I have with Facebook is that people use it on occasion as a, a, you know, it, it, as a replacement for something that it, it can't be. Um, and, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people recently, and, and a lot of people talk about their own um, mental health on Facebook recently. And, you know, sometimes that seems very healthy to be acknowledging that you have mental health issues. But there are also the people who seem to be using it as a cry for help and saying, you know, I'm so depressed, I just had a massive anxiety attack. And most of the time the response they get is hugs or hope you feel better or <laughs> some platitude. And those people need to be talking to a mental health professional. They don't need to be writing a Facebook status. And I just I, I feel that it's a tool that can be useful in certain areas but is also completely inappropriate in other areas and, and just needs to be, you know, used used in that way. Thank you. Definitely. Um Here's something that I want to that I that I want to get into real quick. Hang on two seconds. Um, the one thing that that I uh, do want to um, I'm sorry, we're getting an echo. So it's, you're hearing an echo because you're using my headphones now. You're hearing yourself. Normally, you don't hear yourself. In the headphones. Wow, really loud. <laughs> okay, so anyway thing that I wanted to bring up is that uh, you can change the sense of helplessness and I remember what it's like to have uh, both of my parents pass away within five weeks of each other and uh, that was obviously um, I, well you can imagine what that was like but um, the one thing that I do remember feeling was was utter helplessness. Like nothing was in my control anymore. Like this world was just going to throw whatever it wanted at me, and I had to put up with it. So I started changing things where I could. Honestly, I mean, I was like, you know, I never wanted to dye my hair uh, blue before. I'm going to dye my hair blue because that's something I can control. Just something as simple as that. So one of the tips to overcoming all of this trauma is, is changing your sense of helplessness. And, and it's all about taking action, whether that action is acknowledging your feelings or um, doing some of these things that we suggest, which is, guess what? Volunteer for a cause. <laughs> We're going to be the first people to tell you to volunteer for a cause because we know that uh, who said it? Um, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Was that Gandhi? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And um, 
if that sounds like too much of a commitment, remember that simply being helpful and friendly to others, going out and finding your way to do that, can re- it can deliver stress-reducing pleasure from, from doing something kind and challenging your sense of helplessness. Uh, so seriously, you know, let somebody have a parking that you were about to have. You'd be surprised at how empowered you feel because you were able to control that situation. Um, and connect with others that are affected by the traumatic event or participate in memorials, events, or other public rituals. Uh, feeling connected to others and remembering the lives lost or broken in the event can help overcome the sense of helplessness that often follows a tragedy. And on that specter, um, we have somebody who just walked in that did just what I'm talking about um, and uh, did it in the wake of some really tragic fires that we had in the city of Oakland last year. Uh, It was um, a horrible fire called the Ghost Ship Fire because the event was one of those do-it-yourself live workspaces where you often had um, performances. You know, a lot of artists living there, a lot of uh, a lot of musicians, and and so there was a performance that night. There was a was it a rave that night, a dance? Um, it was it was like a DJ set, um, and like you know, a couple of electronic artists, and <clears throat> pretty much resulted in a loss of thirty six uh, Oakland artists' lives. Now that voice you're hearing is um, Zach Bateman, who hello. <laughs> who hey, is, man. Long uh, time is, speak. is a surprise guest tonight? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and he um since he's here, I thought it would be great for him to walk in and talk about how in the wake of those thirty six people dying, he took his sadness and anger and frustration and decided to create a uh, a documentary about what happened and and underground spaces like those around the entire Bay Area in general. Because after the ghost ship fires happened, a lot of these spaces were changed by the way the city reacted. Um, Because to be honest, those 36 people died because of safety code violations in the building. And had they had the building up to code, there would have been exits that people could have left out of and the fire just burned and swept through so quickly that people couldn't get out. Um, so, um, with that, I'd like to turn it over to Barry, a musician, um, booker and filmmaker now, um, Zach Bateman to, to ask him to describe, just tell us what it was like to, to use your creativity to, um, well, Help get over that. Well, as as Spectre was saying um, earlier about like not, you know, using Facebook as a, a help for your anxiety, I feel like it works for like a temporary fix for a for like a a five minute fix, um, and in the end, you know, a lot of those people aren't actually like you guys were saying in person and physically there. Uh, So one of the things that was kind of liberating about this was, yeah, we lost 
a lot of people and people that I'd, you know, run into over the course of my music career or that my girlfriend was really tight with. Like, you know, it was a big blow to Oakland in general. And a lot of underground spaces got shut down afterwards, which just made it even worse. Um, but I think the, the liberating part about it was that, you know, through that, in the wake of that, uh, when we started doing this documentary, we started getting to know all of these people and all of these artists and all of these communities and really getting involved with them and getting to know um, just our scene in our community and documenting it all. And, you know, I mean, I know everybody's not going to be like in certain things like the fires that are happening right now, you know, people aren't going to jump up and make a documentary about it. That's not always the answer, but in this case, just doing something creative and getting to know creative people and being a part of your community was uh, kind of a healing process. You know, it definitely lightened the blow uh, in a certain sense. So in a way I would definitely suggest like with all the craziness that's going on right now, um, find a creative outlet and also find a way to, if you can do things like find a creative outlet that also allows you to be involved with your community and with your city or your town, um, do it. Like just leave your anxiety and just do it, you know? Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think, you know, there are going to be people out there who are going to say, I, I can't make a documentary. I'm not an artist. You know, I can't, but everyone has some talent. Like so you could write a song, yeah. you could do a drawing, a painting, what, whatever it is. Um, my, my wife's been yeah. knitting blankets for people who have lost their homes. You know, it, anyone could, could, you know, rustle up some kind of creativity as their own outlet. Yeah, exactly. Even if, I mean, even if you just write like acoustic songs or something and you put it up on Bandcamp and you donate all the proceeds from that to, you know, whatever relief you're trying to help, you know, I mean, that'll go a long way and that'll, that'll make you feel better. And yeah, it doesn't help everything. Cause like, I mean, I know that even with my documentary, I didn't save a venue or anything, but I did get the word out to people about like, oh, hey, this is how you can help a certain situation. So the more that uh, the collective consciousness of, you know, whether it be through social media or in real life, the more that our collective consciousness is to reach a hand out and help others and be a part of something more uh, than our own anxieties or our own problems. Uh, I think, I think that definitely helps. So, so tell us um, a little more about how you, you went from the tragedy, the fire to actually making a documentary. I'm, I'm assuming you probably just took your millions of dollars out of the bank and just hired a film crew and did it that way. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm super rich. Uh, no, no, I'm kidding. Actually in this case, uh, we didn't have a budget. Uh, everything that anything that we paid was like gas or food or getting to and from one place. Uh, we've had this same camera for like, I don't know how long we've had that camera, like 10 years or something like that. And we just took it and 
we got a hold of all these people. I mean, you know, people like Fantastic Negrito, who just won a Grammy in Oakland. Um, people like Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys. Um, you know, these people we got a hold of, and we showed up to wherever they told us to show up, however far it was, with just gas in our camera, and we made this thing, and the only way to promote it to where people wouldn't be like, you know, people wouldn't have it in their heads that this was some million-dollar budget thing was, uh, you know, it was a DIY uh, documentary on DIY spaces with a DIY approach, you know. Um, so anybody can do if, – if you're making, like, a lot of people who want to record a song and fundraise that way, but you don't have recording equipment, you could get a fucking tape recorder for, like, you know – five, what, ten bucks now, and, you know, record that and make duplicates and sell it. I mean, it's all, it's it's easy to help people if you allow yourself to. Yeah, and you know, some, some of the names that you mentioned then as well, like, uh, I, I think there's a there's an assumption sometimes that you meet awesome people, uh, sorry, that you, you start a project because you've got access to awesome people and they enable you to, to deliver on that project, whereas from my experience, when you decide to start the project, that's when awesome people come out of the woodwork and start helping you. You know, you really, you've got to take that first step and that chance on your own. Um, and then, yeah. you know, things, things may happen to make it easier. They may not, but when, once you get the ball yeah. rolling, then those awesome people come out. Exactly. And, and that was, that was definitely one of those things where like I sent a million emails and I was pretty sure like, Nobody would ever respond to me. And the fact that the people who did respond responded, it was, you know, it was pretty incredible. And it was like, and that's another thing is you never know who is on the same side as you and you never know who is willing to help fight your fight until you reach out to those people, you know, I mean, you know, for for all anybody knows, you know, you could you could hit up one of your heroes about, you know, doing some kind of fundraising thing, and they might respond to you. Which in my case, I was lucky enough that they did. I was really pleased to see, um, because you know, it was it was hard when the last uh, segment of the documentary showed. Um, faces, uh, pictures of all the 36 people that, that died in the fire. And really most of them were, I would say maybe 20. So they're all mainly my age. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, that's before that, during the documentary, people were cheering, um, especially when someone would say something like Oakland really needs to figure out, um, how to change laws in order to get these low, uh, income places up to par and they also need to bring down rent so that people can afford to live in places other than low income places um, so those got cheers and applause but then when you got to the memorial part to see the faces um, that was the hard part and a lot of people there were people who had lost loved ones so when we're talking about ways to overcome all of this trauma connecting with others affected by the traumatic event 
And participating in memorial events and other public rituals is so important because you, again, it's that connection. Feel connected to people. Um, so it, it, it helps overcome the senselessness, um, the sense of hopelessness, rather, that follows. So um, if you're not a filmmaker, <laughs> I know a lot of people out there, a lot of real-life superheroes, um, they are, there are a lot of musicians, there's poets, there's artists, man, tap into your art because that stuff will just, just let it flow and, and you'll be surprised at what comes out and just how cathartic it can be. Um, in the, in the chat room, we've got, uh, Firebrand, RLSH saying, uh, the way that he handles traumatic, um, news stressful patrols is is he takes it in stride because he's optimistic by nature um so it isn't too hard to see good things alongside the bad uh often we see the after effects of an earthquake on the news but with the chaos and the confusion and dread there are people out there doing what they can't stepping up that's true remember what mr rogers said always look for the helpers um and uh, we've got uh, Crusader Prime out there saying that uh, <laughs> uh, after every mission, they, he hops on Facebook and posts up. <laughs> so that's good. That's a way to kind of unload what was stressful and what happened, you know. So, yeah, there's a way to use Facebook as, as a healing tool, you know, just let it all out there. So, so coming coming back to the documentary, I just wanted to to kind of come back to how how can people see it? Is it available now, and how do they get hold of it? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not very good at the uh, the the promo aspect today. Sorry, <laughs> I'm um, plugging you, man. I'm plugging you. <laughs> well, uh, so the documentary is called Underground Under Review, and we had this release show. Um, it turned out really well, um, but. Uh, we don't have any official plans for another screening. We are talking about um, having it at a place called The Hatch in Oakland. The owners contacted me, and they heard about it through other people, and they want to talk about doing a screening and, you know, some band performances and stuff like that. So um, that's a that's – a, we're working that out. But eventually, probably after that, and that will be in a couple of months – uh, probably after that, we'll be putting it up online, uh, just on YouTube or Vimeo or whatever is the best medium for, you know, uh, publishing something like that. Two months? We got to wait two months? Well, I'm I'm not too sure because I'm not exactly sure when the thing at the hatch is going to be. Um, and uh, yeah, but it will definitely be online eventually. Within by by the end of this year, you can go on YouTube and I'll be posting all the links and you know I'm 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 sure Rock here will will be posting Oh um, yeah, definitely. everything um, cuz uh she's she's in a part of it uh playing music. So we had they were fundraisers. So we were we were honored to be a part of raising some money for the for the survivors. I mean families, you know. But yeah. So um, you know, I I, I love stories like that as well. I um, you know, I in a world where 
the media, like we've already talked about why the news portion of the media is what it is and what they're looking to achieve. But, you know, when you look at the rest of mainstream media as well, especially TV, like it's so dross, like the Kardashians, like it, it's just so, so bland. Um, but I, I just love seeing particularly filmmakers um, just just create something and then for it to be accepted. And I, I actually recently joined a... Um, a, a kind of a, a group who fundraise for, for movie projects and documentary projects and TV shows. Mm. And we, um, we ha- kind of have these group watching parties where we watch like indie documentaries and TV pilots and things and, and vote on whether they should, they should be accepted for funding. And um, the stuff that people are creating is amazing. And I, I just hope, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, the lowest common denominator is always going to rise to the top. And, you know, popular TV is always going to be popular TV and it's it's going to suck. But I, I just hope that, that we don't stop funding and, and um, I don't know, in, endorsing these kind of indie projects because there's so much quality out there. Yeah. It's just awesome to see. Yeah. Um, well, as, as Rock just said, uh, the documentary is called Underground Under Review. Um, and... Uh, yeah, no, I, I I definitely agree. I mean, you know, there's uh it's it's pretty informative to well, I feel like a lot of the time most people are getting their information from documentaries right now. Uh if you if you grew up in a school system like mine, you you didn't learn your any of your actual history. Uh so you watch documentaries and you go and you read stuff on your own. So, you know, hopefully this will be an informative thing that'll show some people how they can help. Do you have a Facebook site that where people can uh, yeah, just yeah. see I'm I'm, on it? I'm normally so much better at advertising things. <laughs> it's normally all that I do. Um but yeah, if you search uh underground under review on Facebook, you'll get a page um, for the film. Um, it'll it'll have clips. It'll have uh, you know just updates and details on everything. Uh, and then also, if you just search Zach Bateman anywhere, um, a lot of uh, links for uh, things about the documentary will pop up as well. Fantastic. Yeah, and I, I can't get into the chat room right now, but we will post links to everything there. We'll post them all on the Heroes 101 page. And we will definitely post Rock's uh, Hero song, which is just, as I said earlier, awesome. Ah. Thanks. I appreciate that. I had a lot of good inspiration. In fact, uh, one of the inspirations is in the chat room right now, Crusader Prime. I'm looking at you. Oh, I thought um, you were going to say Metallica was in the chat room. Uh, Metallica's I mean, in the chat room. Yes, Metallica <laughs> did. Uh, absolutely. And in fact, Zach Bateman sitting here helped me to write that song. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but thank you, Zach Bateman. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, thank you. All right. We'll bring you back when we're when, oh, sure. when you yeah, want to plug the, more of the show and, and we can talk about indie docs. In yeah. fact, that probably after our um, documentary web series comes out, and we do have a date for it now. So that would be November 1st. Our very first uh, episode is coming out, and then they will come out every week after that. So there you guys go. It's been a long time coming, but there have been a lot of 
side projects that that absolutely needed our attention. So thank you for your patience. Yeah, you guys have been busy. Zach back. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Zach. So getting back to what you can do, because I know that people are listening, wondering what in the heck can we do um, with all this? I'm feeling crappy, right? Exactly. So another (laughs) thing you can do, and please, I know this sounds really, really simple. And and why didn't we, you know, sure, I could have thought about that myself. But in case you haven't, get moving. Get moving. That means, you know, it, it sounds like the last thing you want to do when you're experiencing traumatic stress. But exercising, walking, whatever, can burn off the adrenaline. And that adrenaline is really bad for you when it sits there. So what you need is you need the balance of the those those freaking endorphins. Not kidding. You want to sit there and feel like shit. Sorry. Yeah, I'm swearing. Because that's what you feel like after all this stuff happens. And it keeps piling and piling. And you just physically, start, the symptoms start to show. You start getting sick. So if you want to feel better, get moving. Even just walk in, you know, what, whatever you got to do. Find somewhere local to volunteer. Crusader Problem is saying, yes, absolutely. Find somewhere local. Soup kitchen. Man, oh, God, I feel really good after doing that. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up pretty soon. And if you want to get into those soup kitchens to help pass out meals, uh, especially Glide Memorial Church in San Francisco is one of the biggest places to volunteer. They get thousands and thousands and thousands of people a day. Um, and on uh, Thanksgiving, it's, it's outrageously crowded, but you need to sign up now if you want to do that. We've done it for a few years, and it's wonderful. Um, so, yeah, if, any, any, if, you're, if you're struggling to find the energy or motivation exercise, start by, check this out, play your favorite music. Seriously, bump it really loud and just start moving to it. Once your body gets moving, bodies in motion tend to stay in motion. Bodies at rest, conversely, want to stay at rest. So once you get your body moving, you're going to want to do more. And and when you do more, energy begets energy. So there you go. Um, um, another tip is to reach out to others. Like we were just talking about, you got to reach out to people. You got to you got to be able to to get a hug from someone. You got to be able to yell with someone. Whatever it is that you need to do, reach out to someone physically. You know. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think um, you're you're absolutely right, and I think there there are different um, different things that can go wrong with you emotionally based on all of this trauma. You know, there is just I'm overwhelmed. I feel down. You know, just stuff that naturally comes of it. And then there's also depression, which is a very different beast. And you know, the, the just feeling overwhelmed and, and completely traumatized by what's happening is natural and it's a healthy thing. Um, and in those situations, it, it's very, very easy to kind of isolate yourself and in, insulate yourself and, you know, not only um, cut yourself off from other people because you, you just don't want to talk to other people. You're just feeling in a shitty frame of mind. Um, but also to, to kind of insulate yourself at home as well. And I think that's kind of... The, you know, one of the biggest risks. So I think, as you said, just, you know, first of all, get moving if you're at home. Um, and, and as you said, it, it doesn't need to be, you know, going on a running machine or an exercise bike. It can be as simple as just moving around. Um, but then actually getting out of your house, getting out of that, you know, that bubble. Because the worst thing you can do is, is stay in that one place, in your safe place, and insulate yourself against the world. Um, because that that's a slippery slope to just you know, creating a hermitage for yourself that's really, really difficult to get out of. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I think that that can be the case if you're suffering normal kind of traumatic stress from events that we've just been talking about. But I, I think even worse than that is depression because, you know, I think a lot of people think of depression as just I'm feeling really down. But And, and we could spend a whole episode talking about mental health. But I think depression is, is really... Not, it doesn't even necessarily need a cause. You can be feeling great one day, the next day everything everything in your life can still be working out and you can feel crushingly low to the point of, you know, of, of suicide. And, um, right. you know, there, there are kind of these twee comments that you see people make about, you know, just get over it, just feel better, you've got nothing to worry about. Oh, and that, that's not how depression works. There's no logic. That. Oh, yeah, there exactly. was a celebrity recently who needed a big old slap. Um, oh, but yeah, exactly. that's not how it works. Like, there is no logic involved in it. You just feel crushingly low. Um, but some of these same things can help with depression as well, particularly if you're able to spot depression coming early enough, um, particularly if depression is linked to, to some of this stuff and, and feelings of, of being overwhelmed. But, you know, exercise is, is great for depression. Um, being around other people, whether it's just, starting a conversation with someone in an elevator or, you know, at a bar or a coffee shop or, or whatever, right through to volunteering and being in a team of people in a soup kitchen, whatever it is, just having that human contact is so valuable in, in both of the, these kind of, you know, mental or, or emotional states. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and to add to that, you, it's important to, to do the normal things that you're, you know, that you do. Because that that helps to bring a sense of normalcy back to your life. Because these things are so, you know, it's it's we, we probably knock on wood will never be shot by um, a shooter, you know, uh, you and I. But you never know, right? So when it happens, you get the sense that it could happen to you at any single moment, and it could. But it's overwhelmingly so, and not in a normal way. So when you start doing normal things again, it's it's you're able to feel like you're taking back some of your life again, which is what you want. You don't want to feel terrorized um, yeah, by exactly. nature or by, by man. Right. So, um, yeah. And I think you know, as well, and, by, and, by getting out there in the world as well, you're, you're seeing the real world around you. You know, you're not seeing things right. through the filter of the news or the media. You're seeing <laughs> real people going about their real lives, which really helps to put it in con- into context as to the scale of, like you say, I mean, statistically, each and every person listening to this is pretty safe in terms of gun violence. Doesn't mean that yeah. they're personally going to be safe. Who knows? It's, it's a Russian roulette. But, um, but statistically, they're doing okay. So actually being out there in the right. world and seeing a bunch of other people who are also doing okay. Um, but I also feel like, and this kind of comes back to the volunteering thing, seeing people who are not doing okay um, and, and also trying to help those people again, really puts things into perspective, you know, seeing people who are suffering from homelessness or drug addiction or extreme poverty, um, you realize, you know, that hopefully we as and the people listening to this podcast um, are doing all right in comparison and, and probably should be worrying less about ourselves and more about helping others. Excellent point. Excellent point. Um, and, you know, there's something I always taught my kids uh, or anybody I know that um, the thing to remember is you can't let fear make your decisions for you. Because if you do, like you said, you're going to become an agoraphobic who likes to curl in and stay in bed under the covers because that's your safe space. 
and that's where you always retreat to, and you have to become your own safe space. And you do that by getting out there and getting stronger every time you do something that you weren't comfortable with before. So um, yeah, I completely that's agree. One th- um, and that's- that, rem- that brings us to our next tip, which is to make stress reduction a priority. You've got to do that. I know, you know, the first thing they say when you ask people, you know, and I ask people in the chat room too, and I heard uh, one of the same answers um, from one of the real life superheroes in there that, that I give everybody, uh, meditation. But you know what? I'll be honest, and I'm going to say this right here. I hate meditation. I hate it. I absolutely hate it because it means <laughs> I have to stop what I'm doing and it means I, I just, I got to quit doing whatever it is I'm doing. I hate doing that. I like doing, but you know what? meditation I I hate it let me finish my sentence until I love it I mean until I do it then I love it once I do it I remember why I'm supposed to do it because when you can sit down and just and it's not even about clearing your mind of, of, of let's be realistic it's it's almost impossible to clear your mind of every thought. What's better, what's healthier is to just let them kind of flow. Oh, yeah, I kind of acknowledge that. I'm not going to dwell on it. Peace out. That thought is flowing away. And then I realize meditation rocks. Um, And what do they say? If you don't have time for 10 minutes of meditation in your life, then you need it twice as much as, as everybody else. Um, and we've yeah. got Vector here, a member of uh, the initiative, who wants to also say something on the meditation part. Yeah. Well, sort of. What I'm what I'm suggesting is I don't know if you remember when we had our our uh, we had a mentor come on talking about nutrition one time. That was Sean Croxton. Oh yeah. Very popular guy. His podcast about nutrition is actually no more. He's got a new thing I suggest for everybody, which is quote of the day. But however, uh, if you go back in the archives of um, Heroes 101. Yeah. You can go back and listen to Sean Croxton's. Um, Great tip. He did an op- episode with us on superfoods. I mean, if you want to yeah. find the healthiest stuff you can possibly eat, this guy is actually world famous now for his podcast. So, yes. um, and we and, had and, him on our show. Yeah, definitely. Go back and check that out, uh, superfoods. But his, uh, like I said, his, his new one, he, what he's doing is he's doing quotes of the day with people who are successful in, in life or just whatever, famous inspirational stuff. But one thing I heard today, and I really like this idea, because uh, it's not just a quote. They'll, they'll put on the speaker and they'll talk a little bit about what's behind that quote or where it came from. This one that I heard today, has to, I thought would really be helpful. Uh, it's a habit of successful people. And what they suggest to do is to take care of your morning, like attack your day at the morning. And one of the things they said, like very reactively, like 95% of people, 85% sit and sleep next to their phones. It's the first thing you do in the morning. You grab your phone, rock, <laughs> and you look at it and you go, what is everyone else doing? Guilty. First thing in the morning. You're not even thinking about yourself. And in times of stress and anxiety, every day it seems to be this way, especially recently with all these disasters. You've got to take time out and go, where am I at? And that's a good time to do a meditation. So maybe put your phone in the bathroom, if that's your alarm especially. Put your phone in the bathroom. Just let, that's, that's your moment to get up. Maybe even set your clock back a half hour early. And that way, like if everybody did this today, they'd wake up a little bit early and be like, eh. but then at the same time, oh, yeah, this is my time to meditate. This is my time to think about what is my priority in the day. And if you're going through a lot of stress, it might be a good priority to just, I'm just going to take time out for me. I'm going to have tea. I'm going to just chill out. What am I doing today? And just kind of have a moment to to be down and be you for a minute. And then 
then of course you're going to open up and see what's going on in, in the day. And you're, but you're, you're going to have this foundation of like, I'm ready for this. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought I'd share that little tip and yeah, check out a show and, and, and try that. Sean, that, that's a really good idea. Thanks for sharing. Um, I, I got to say though, I feel like for, for the parents listening in to this radio show, um, maybe schedule that time before your kids wake up, before you get, Dad, oh, yeah. where's my homework? Dad, I can't find my shoes. Because <laughs> that's, that's why not I suggest that half hour. <laughs> this is a new habit. you got to attack it new. So that's all. It's a great, all great idea. Thank you, Vector. We appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, and, I guess. and then maybe you could actually apply these tips, these awesome tips you're yeah. doing. You'll have exactly. a... You'll have a Frame to practice. And, and if you can't remember all these tips, we're going to put them on our, our, our as usual, we put them on our Facebook site and, you know, stuff so you can go, what were they talking about? So, thank you, Vector. That's yeah. really a good idea. Um, you know what, as well, I, I, wow. I've found recently, <laughs> yeah, that's worth a round of applause, um, talking about meditation, <laughs> and I, I'm a technology geek and, and shouldn't bring technology into meditation at all, I'm sure, but there are a lot of great apps out there for meditation. There are a lot of great, like Alexa skills as well, that you can have Amazon Echoes and things play back to you, you know, with soothing sounds and, and breathing things. There's just a ton you can do yeah. on your phone as well. And uh, you know what, though, for me, and this is something I've come back to recently, nothing is as good as getting tattooed for six hours because, honestly, I was I was in the tattoo shop on Sunday for seven hours and the guy was tattooing my elbow, my wrist, my armpit. I mean, fuck, that hurts. And um, all oh I've got God. is breathing. That, that's all I can do to get through it. <laughs> Just deep breathing, being in another place, meditating. And I'll tell you what, I come out of those six hours feeling high as a kite. Like I'm, a, I'm on a different plane when that finishes. Um, yeah, there's oh, nothing. Yeah. I guess Those it's enforced meditation. <laughs> yeah, really. No, you do. You know, and the little, I, you know, I get that way when you, it's weird when you tattoo my right arm. It's, I don't have a sleeve or anything. I just have a couple tattoos on my right. I have like seven tattoos, but they're in different parts of my body and you don't even see them unless I decide to show them to you. But um, the the ones on my right arm, it's really odd. When they do it, it suddenly I it feels so good and I never want them to stop. And so and twice I've said, oh, you're done already? Darn it. Because those endorphins start releasing. Is that what it is? The endorphins that come out when you're I think it is. dealing yeah. with a certain amount of pain? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, but it's strange. Cool cutting yourself no they're not going to be like that. <laughs> um nature uh crusader prime is suggesting nature and yeah we i'm going to reemphasize that the you know um there was um, an rlsh back in the day i don't know if you guys remember a guy named lucid and he always stressed going out and putting your feet connecting your feet to the ground for 20 minutes or even if you can't for five minutes we did that on the cross-country we did that that's right on the cross-country tour and you we got out and we tested it out we there were seven of us stuck in a van for you know three weeks um and once you took off your shoes and you put them on the grass you just you felt wonderful there was just this connection and you know i don't care if it's psychosomatic i don't care if it's it's not really there if i'm convincing myself that i feel it you know i'm feeling it so you know it was, it was fantastic um, yeah, and I, I completely so, and agree. Speak, like, uh, whenever I want to relax, it's hiking, it's uh-huh. camping, it's getting away from cities and getting out into the yes. trees and the forests and the lakes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yep. Green grass through the toes is a huge thing. Yes, it is. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, our tip was make, make stress reduction a priority. And it's true. So remember the, to quickly, here's, here's, okay, so let's say you hear something. As soon as you get off this radio show, hopefully you won't, um, and it just, you know, it floors you to relieve stress in that moment. Do your mindful breathing. Seriously. Simply, you know, do that. Do, do the belly breathing if you can, where you breathe. Breathe in for four. Hold for um, four and then breathe out for eight slowly. Seriously, if you do that a few times, you'll find that you just chilled out the sympathetic response. Um, and, and practice these because everything gets better with practice, right? So, so get enough sleep, you know, learn, teach yourself to relax when you can. Here's, here's the part of the um, show that, that I didn't discuss with Spectre ahead of time, but um, as a massage therapist, few people, some people know this, some don't. I've been a certified massage therapist for, oh gosh, since 2003. So, um, yeah, I've, I've had my share of massage stories and um, learning about what relaxes the body. And, of course, you guys have all heard of fight or flight, right? So the, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, you have, right, Spectre? Absolutely. Spectre. Okay. <laughs> I was lying. I, yeah, that was, that was just words to me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, so in a nutshell, and this is important because I'm going to teach you guys something really cool here for everyone who's listening. Um, okay, so the sympathetic nervous system, in case you didn't know, is a part of the autonomic uh, nervous system that prepares the body to react to stress, you know, like threats um, or injuries, and it causes the muscles to contract and the heart rate to increase so that your ass can run or fight, whatever it is that you're supposed to do. That's the sympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic is the part that controls functions of the body at rest. So basically, it maintains homeostasis, which means well-being, a level of well-being in the body. It causes the muscles to relax and the heart rate to decrease. It's called the rest and digest um, system. Because when you're ready to fight or flight, your organs that you don't need to fight or flight will almost cease to work like your digestive system. That's why your stomach gets all crampy and such. So what you need to do is, is learn how to engage your parasympathetic response. Basically you need to learn how to go, Hey, everything's cool now. Just calm down, chill out. And this is how, this is how you're going to do it. Um, Right now, I'm going to show you if you're sitting there, you too, Spectre. And you're sitting there, you can try this too, Bug. You're right next to me. Try, try a couple of these simple massage techniques. You can do these anywhere. You don't need to be on a table. You don't need to pay $75 an hour. Um, although, let me tell you, getting a massage, man, that's your body. They should just put that into uh, health insurance so that you get one a minimum of once a month because, really, it's such a preventative thing too. But anyway, try this, you guys. Um, try taking your thumbs and pressing them against the space between your eyes and your eyebrows at the inside corners. And pressing firmly but gently. You know, you don't want to hurt yourself, right? Press there. And press until it feels good and then rub it in small circles. Okay, so do that. Are you doing that? I'm going to assume you're doing that. Now, I'm actually keep doing, doing that. that. It's now, nice. It's nice, right? Well, it's going to feel even better. 
work slowly toward the outside of your eyes, like right under your eyebrows. Work slowly, make those circles, okay, right on the outside of your eyes, and then down around the eye socket until you reach the bridge of your nose, and you can stop there. That's an instant, you know, it releases, uh, you know, and I, I also took um, acupressure classes along with, you know, the massage. They go hand in hand. Um, and that's part of shiatsu, and that helps to get your uh, your chi moving, your energy. And even if you don't believe in all that, which you should, uh, it doesn't matter. It feels good. Um, I give you I give you another one real quick because I'm gonna give you all of them, but you know the ones you can try right now. This one's called the hand holder. Okay, hand holding. So you take your hand and put it out like you're about to shake someone's hand, but instead of shaking someone's hand. Um, wrap your hand around your, your thumb and the outside of your opposite hand. So your fingers are on the outside of, you know, you know, and your thumb is, is pressing into the, the fat pad underneath your opposite thumb. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get no that? One, no one's typing because they're all trying it. Good, good. I will send, I will put <laughs> pictures up too of these. But just massage those. They're called the thenar pads and hypothenar pads. And you would not believe how much stress is in your hands. Now, remember, I've been doing uh, God, massage therapy for 14, almost 15 years, and I was a spa supervisor, too, and I worked on a um, semi-pro football team, the Oakland Vipers. Uh, that's, that team is an amazing team, and when you get injured in the pros, you go on to the Vipers uh, to show that you're no longer injured, and that's where the scouts go to pull uh, you know, players into the pros again. So I worked for a semi-pro football team and you would not believe how much stress is in your hands. So in times of, uh, you know, when you're under duress, it's traumatic stress, whatever it is. Um, if you engage these areas and just rub circles in your hands, pull your fingers in circles gently, seriously, pull the, you know, grab them gently and, and, you know, uh, rotate them in in circles, small circles, and pull on them. That's that's releasing so much stress in your hands. And um, I will put up a little video that shows you how to do a hand massage on yourself or on someone else. Um, and, and if you do this once a day, you'd be a much nicer, more calm person. Uh, and that, that's that only is two awesome. of them. It's you know, really, I mean, the amount of times so I'm good. stuck in an airport or something, and I could do that easily. Like, just sat in a departure gate. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> That's my new favorite morning massage firebrand thing. There you go. You get that. Um, and you know what else? In the airport, you can pull on. You know what? You, you can always tell massage therapists who are in the room when they're in line somewhere at the grocery store or whatever. They're tugging on their earlobes all around the outside of your ear. There are thousands of nerve endings there. If you tug gently on the outside of your ear from the top to the bottom, it's so much of an ah experience that you will not mind standing in lines anymore, I promise you. You'll be going, this feels really good. It's amazing. So, um, yeah, and, and I'll, I'll put up a video for uh, several more that I have. But these are ones you can do anywhere. You could be sitting in your car, you know, you can be whatever it is that's stressful. And you can engage your parasympathetic response. Again, that means you're telling your sympathetic response, chill out. There's no danger. We're okay now. We can just relax. It's cool. And um, that's what you need to do when after you hear bad news over and over again. You need to go, it's okay. We're cool. 
you know, and bring your body back to um, back to its center. So what are you laughing at, bud? I'm sad I don't have my you must chill, Santa. You must chill. <laughs> exactly. So um, that's that's a uh, we have like I say that whole list of things that you can do to decompress yourself, um, and um, we'll list it all up. Like I said, there was a lot of info, and we'll list it all up on the on the Facebook page, uh, so that if you forgot, you know you can go. What you say again? Plus, we'll put up little videos of these massages and such. So, and if you're in, ever in the San Francisco Bay area, or if I'm ever in your area and you want to book me for a massage, I will do it for almost free because I, if you're a real life superhero or someone who volunteers, let me limit it to that. <laughs> Cause I don't, I, I don't want to have suddenly 20 people go, I want one. You're in my neck of the woods. If you can tell me or show me that you've been volunteering in community service, I will give you a massage for almost free. So subscribe to the show. what's that? Oh yeah. Subscribe to the show too. If you subscribe to the show and I'm in your area, I will bring my massage chair at the very least and, and work on you. So I should have said that before I went across America, huh, Bug? Bug's going, no. (laughs) Um, So uh, I see Ann Carroll in the chat room saying, personally, I find listening to classic rock more relaxing than sitting around quietly. It reminds me that anger can become music, and music reminds people that they aren't alone in their emotional world. Absolutely. My favorite, if I want to scream and holler and get it all out, is Nine Inch Nails. Children of Bodom just really pulls my throat out of wax, so it's usually nine inch nails that I'll go to. So um, <laughs> you'd still be making the trip if you offered, <laughs> if I offered right. massages before the trip. You're right, I'd still be out there massaging people. But you know what? Just like with a lot of this real life superhero volunteering, I'm not going to lie, I get just as much out of it as I give into it. So a lot of it is selfish for me. I love giving massages especially to people I know who have been in community service and who give of themselves. So I love working on people who, you know, most of us are broke in the real life superhero world. So for me to work on someone who isn't an uppity, you know, douchebag who's, uh, yes, you must massage me for two hours, please. You know, and I'd, I'd rather work on people who I know are busting their butts out there trying to help people, you know, yeah, let me put my hands on you and, and give back. Uh, by making you relax, sure, I I love to do that. So anyway, I see that we are down to eight, well, seven minutes, Spectre. Yeah. So, so you know, <laughs> I I wanted to share one tip as well, and it, it's nobody's favorite, and I I'm probably more guilty of this <laughs> than anyone I know, but I I always want to fix things myself, you know, especially when it's to do with my own emotional or mental state. I I've never, ever seen a mental health professional in, in my life and probably should have done it numerous times, but was just too that explains stubborn a lot. and thick-headed. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, but, you know, I know a lot of people, including pretty much everybody in my family, who, who you know, and, and the reason I didn't see mental health professionals was because I, I was brought up in an area where they weren't accessible and the assumption was if you need to see a mental health professional, you're quote unquote crazy. Um, and they're just going to, you know, they're just going to tick a box and say, yep, he's crazy. Let's put him in some, some home somewhere. And that'll be the end of that guy. Um, but obviously in the real world, anyone much more mature than I am 
knows that um, the the you know you can use mental health professionals as a preventative measure. It's not you know you've hit rock bottom and therefore you need to seek help. Although if you have hit rock bottom and what we've been talking about tonight does absolutely nothing for you, then you should seek help. And nothing makes me sadder than someone taking their own life because they felt that there was no other avenue. You know, like like they always say, it's a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And if only those people had had someone else to reach out to. Um, but as, as well as that rock bottom point, people seek, you know, mental health professionals, counselors, you know, just somebody to, to talk to on a regular basis as a preventative measure to, to stop them getting to that point. And I think there's something incredibly mature and healthy about doing that. So uh, I, I wanted to kind of include that because everything we've been talking about is great, but there are some people who, for whatever reason, it doesn't help. And, and just, you know, it could be medicinal help that they need they may need to regulate their hormones because they you know their emotions are out of whack it could be that they just need a a professional to talk to um but those people it's their job you know this is all they do is is keep people like us sane so so let's use them absolutely oh my gosh okay so to add to that um and, and i'm so glad you brought that up that's true you guys there are traumatic um stress red flags and um some of them are if you haven't uh you know if you haven't gotten better in six weeks because usually for some reason six weeks is almost always the magical number um so if it's after um the last traumatic uh event if you haven't gotten better in six weeks it's time to go and see someone if you're having trouble functioning at home at work i mean functioning not not just within the first couple days everybody's pretty numb and zombie-like after that but if you if it's going on and you're having trouble functioning at home and at work time to see someone Um, if you're experiencing terrifying memories nightmares or flashbacks um you may need help to 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 clear those up because everybody needs that rest to help heal or if you're having an increasingly difficult time connecting or relating to others, that that goes along with the functioning, um, then you really might want to think about it. Um, and if you're avoiding more and more things that remind you of the disaster or the traumatic event, if you keep doing that, like Spectre said before, it's a slippery slope. And if you're avoiding more and more and you're becoming more and more agoraphobic, um, it's time to see someone, and especially if you're having suicidal thoughts or feelings, then please, please, please reach out. And even if you think you can't afford it, there are um, sliding scale therapists out there. There are free um, clinics that can refer you to um, low cost or almost no cost um, therapists out there. So, you know, do what you can, reach out because there are people who are just waiting for you to reach out to them. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, we all got serious there at the end. But I, th- yeah. I thought it was worth mentioning that, because we all wish that we could make ourselves better and, and make ourselves happy, but there are those rare times when we can't. And it, it, I think it's it's so important to accept that and do something about it rather than, you know, be another statistic. It, I don't want to see that from anybody. It, it's it's so sad. No, there's there's so much there's so much going on in the world that can take away from us, but we just have to look um, for the things that give back to us, or we have to start giving back too, which 
definitely, you know, recharges us and revitalizes us. So, um, and like Spectre said, you know, not not just while the show is on the air, but if you guys want to yell or if you want to talk or whatever, you know, you can always PM us. Seriously, you know, we, we you can reach us on our Facebook page. You can, you know, and we're here. We're we're not professionals. Uh, the only thing I think we're professional at is is what we do for a living, and um, being clowns. You know, I, I, maybe musicians too, right? <laughs> you know, we do a little bit of music, but I, I think you know, yeah, we're professional clowns. So if you need a clown, you know, if you need somebody to tell you a really bad joke, that's me. You know, if you want somebody who sounds really nice to listen to, that's Spectre. You know, so but, but actually isn't really nice. Just sounds. <laughs> that nice. isn't right, right? Yeah, but you can make you can make the most awful things sound better. It's that voice. So <laughs> that's the only I, I remember you got the, very, the job. <laughs> I, I've got a. I think this would be my last anecdote of the show. I remember the very first conversation, Rock, that you and I had in real life was in New York. Um, the first mm-hmm. Nation of Heroes that you were filming coming over. And the very first sen- mm-hmm. sentence I said to you included the C word, and I tried to say mm-hmm. it in such a in such a, a fancy English way that it it kind of blended into the background. <laughs> I don't think I succeeded, uh, but I did think to myself, <laughs> "Could you just use the C word in your first ever conversation with this person? Probably not that cool." It doesn't work that way. It doesn't we're, work we're, that we're, way. <laughs> we're, we're quite the yeah yeah, and after that it was. That was it. It was uh, um, love, you know. That's this is my uh, this is my co-host. Wouldn't have it any other way. Um, oh, and, and speaking of my co-host, laughter. Uh, Vector's reminding me, laugh, guys. Find something to make you laugh. Find stuff that makes you want to laugh. And that that there you go. All the tips we gave you will all come together with laughter. So. Oh my God! With you know, that, I, I, I did, okay. My final anecdote. Yeah. Well, in the last minute, yeah. there used to be an old Victorian <laughs> thing where people thought they were cursed in England, and the remedy for mm-hmm. that was go and see a comedy. Literally, laugh and your curse will disappear. And I kind of feel that's that's pretty apt. Ooh. I oh so hell I yeah, that's say, a great idea. Yeah, I guess we got to say good night. So I guess uh, thank you to Zach Ooh. and for Vector for joining us in the studio. Uh, thank you to all of our chat room uh, viewers and listeners and, and commentators, as always. And we will be back much, much sooner this time. Uh, thanks to Rock and Berg in San Francisco. I'm Spectre, normally of New York, tonight in Seattle. And we will be back, same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks, Crusader. Thanks, Fire Brown. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> good night, everyone. Everybody. Have a good one. See you. machine worked.